Welcome back and happy Friday. And thanks for being with us the entire week here on the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made. The 1991 Walt Disney Pictures Joe Johnson directed feature The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Hal, are you hearing what I'm hearing? I am indeed. You're listening to a special Billy Campbell episode on the Rocketeer Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Campbell. And there was that intro music that that I, I probably wouldn't make it through if I didn't have a cold can of Pilsner in my <laughs> mitt. I in, turn, I, in turn, would like to introduce uh, Jim's son, James. James O'Kane. Hi, guys. How's it going? We're, we're coast to coast. Well, almost Welcome. coast to coast. <clears throat> this place uh, is crawling with O'Kanes. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's all over the place. Uh, yeah, James, James Where's is my out. intro music? That's what I want to ask. Oh, well, you yes. know, you, you know oh, musicians. James, Billy, James Billy. You, you, can, you can have mine. <laughs> oh. apparently not music yet. We'll I have to punch that. in some, uh, <laughs> some really clumsy audio. Just, ladies and gentlemen, uh, James O'Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, James has joined us because he has is probably the only person I know that's watched this movie more than I have. Although probably not at this speed. I don't think he's watched. No, it this is a level of detail. I prefer the big picture kind of thing. <laughs> uh, although I think the the my claim to nerdom on this one is I remember playing with a a toy. It was a GB with a uh, rubber band powered uh, propeller. Oh, right. That I got for a, a gift. I think was that my birthday. Do you remember? Possibly, yeah. It was back like in when this first came out. I think, yeah, early, yeah, it uh, was way when back it first when. came out. It was a fully Rocketeer branded uh, GB um, plane. I yeah, those are hard to find now. You don't see those very much these days. <laughs> I don't think it lasted very long in no, my hands it, either. Balsa and, and and children are not good combos. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun times. Uh, but uh, we are in the middle. We are actually now finishing up the first hour of the Rocketeer minute sixty, where. Uh, we're Cliff and, uh, and Peavy and, and Skeets and uh, Goose and uh, and Millie are trapped in the uh, in the in the Bulldog Diner with with uh, Valentine's boys, and uh, they're just kind of wait things out while they try to figure out what's what's happening. Uh, actually, they were they're going to go over to uh, I think they're planning on going to the South Seas Club to find out if uh, you know, uh, Eddie's boys were going to pick up. Jenny, and the, dish. The, the dish, the dish is yes. with the limey. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a dish. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of dishes, there's a lot. There's a lot of dishes floating around in this place. Uh, we we watch. Uh, uh, I always. I, this is uh, Michael Malowan, who I I've loved in several different shows. He's uh, marching around with with a gun in hand, uh, perusing the. Actually, not too much different from you, Hal. He's perusing all the little pictures on the wall. <laughs> exactly, and making and notes, and yeah. he's flea picking to use yes. uh, the words That's of our right. of our esteemed friend. That's right. <laughs> But he's uh It's a he's, long tradition, Billy. He's 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 checking everything out. Jeff has a that's a great hat that Jeff is wearing at the at the time. I really really enjoy that nice little green felt job that he's got on. He he decides how he's gonna orchestrate things. He's he's telling Millie to put on a fresh pot of coffee, kind of forgetting that the coffee and the coffee pot maker thing have all been destroyed uh, about two <laughs> minutes ago. So uh, uh maybe she can you know, go down the road to the, 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 I pictured there's like a pussycat diner and there's probably like a large mouse diner and maybe, you know, <laughs> right. other, other forest creatures. But none of them uh, specialize in Somalis and ice cream. That's true. <laughs> Let's face it. If you want that, you go to the bulldog. Wow. 
And they do have a, he, he does notice that great picture of Peavy there. Uh, beautifully photoshopped. With, yes. uh, what what kind of a what kind of a plane is that that uh, that PV is standing in front of? So that's a Curtis Jenny. That's what uh, Miss Mabel, the standard J one, sort of often gets mistaken for. And uh, so very you know similar configuration. It's that OX five engine. It's a good look in this picture if you pause right on that right second of that really flat front end that was common to uh, OX five engine airplanes or some of them at the time. Uh, and that's the radiator. So this is a water cooled airplane engine. Something we really don't see anymore. Got it. And, and those louvers there are helping the airflow. Is that? Uh, yeah, those are so that that introduces airflow sort of after the engine, and you know the Jenny. Every picture you look at of a Jenny, you'll see different exhaust configurations. A lot of them actually had a muffler coming off of the the uh, the four cylinders on either side going back. You know this one doesn't. It's just got those short stacks. So this would be a very distinctive. This would sound like a big clattering sewing machine as it flew. Oh, and and Billy, yes, I did. I have looked. I have not yet found this actual picture that uh, uh, a young uh, Alan, Adam, Alan Arkin's face was uh, photoshopped into, or airbrushed, or whatever they did back then. Well, the Photoshop had been around for about three years when this movie came out. So yeah, and uh, but, but don't was, be disappointed. I am looking. <laughs> I, I'll be surprised if you don't find it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I was, I was wondering if that was taken. It was that if that was clipped from like a Catch Twenty Two era Alan Arkin because it seems about the right age for the face. Yeah, it sure on, does. On does look like it could be, doesn't it? Billy, when you were working on the bulldog set, did you spend a lot of time staring at the pictures on the walls? Because it looks like there's just so many knickknacks you could, you know. Oh, I stared at everything. I, I um, I really love movie sets, and I love the work that uh, uh, set designers and decorators do, uh, and production designers. And I, I just spent a lot of time looking at all the bits and pieces. So, yes, yes, I did. I, I do so dearly love all of the pennants. We've talked about this before, but the uh, the Bigelow Air Circus pennants from the various years. And one little tiny thing I noticed, uh, it's it shows up in a couple of different seconds, but it's basically right about the time uh, that we hear the Mr. Ketchup bottle line. You see the one back there uh, for uh, 1928, the yellow one. And I just happened to look. It's, it's October 13, 1928, and I checked, and yes, that was a Saturday. So, oh. <laughs> so just as uh, just as October 15, 1938 is a Saturday, so Big Lowe's Air Circus happens in October on a Saturday. Wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just a salute to the great Dave Stevens, who he really he really loves his details. Absolutely, yeah, he does. He uh, did. Yeah, he really was. I mean, it, it and it didn't have to be that way, but just knowing that makes it that much better. Yeah. And uh, we're getting the the James Horner music with the with the descending triplets that always indicate that something imminent is going to happen. <laughs> uh, Someone's about to throw a punch. Someone's yeah, going to hang one on someone's kisser. I we, feel it. <laughs> we hear that we hear those triplets again. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything, but later on at the at Griffith Park when they're all waiting for the Rocketeer to descend out of the skies, those, that same musical uh, motif comes up again so we can we can listen to that in about 20 minutes from now <laughs> yeah just a just a beautiful thing i do um when i was a kid my dad used to watch a lot of italian movies you know like uh fellini and stuff like that and he used to call them eyeball pictures because every every movie had these scenes where people would be looking back and forth in each other and, and exchanging knowing glances and this is <laughs> this is the eyeball part of the movie <laughs> i love that what a great term i love that i think i'm going to use that from now on I go to work tomorrow. I'm going to ask okay, the director, yeah. do you want some eyeball here? <laughs> An eyeball scene? I think this scene needs more eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. And Billy, please be waving a half-eaten hamburger when you ask him yeah. this question. <laughs> really drive that home. Yeah, and if he does, if he can't fit it in, just pat him on the back with the hamburger and say it's all right. <laughs> exactly. now, I, and if, if got, he doesn't, if you don't get your way, hit him with a ketchup bottle. Yeah, I, 
That's right. I've got, I've got to ask when you were doing these things, we were talking earlier about how it's, uh, it, it's customary for actors to stick around the set if they're not in the scene. Did you mm. have, was, was William Sanderson standing across from you doing the eyeball thing or were you just waving your eyeballs at nothing? Oh no, he was there. He was okay. there. Yeah. Everybody was there. <laughs> As I recall, everyone, everyone was there. Of course we were way out of town in Valencia. So yeah. uh, I don't think anybody was, uh, you know, they had, rushing they off put- to, What's that? They didn't have any place to go that night. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, being inside the Bulldog Cafe was probably the most comfortable place within two or three miles to, to sit. Yeah. So, so, uh, so William was was feeding you his eyeball sides. Yes, that's right. uh, Great, great interaction there with uh, with Mike Malone. I, I I feel bad. I've tried to I've tried to find him, and he seems to have just disappeared off the internet. He, uh, I know he was in a bunch of different. he was in a, a favorite a favorite show of mine, uh, the show Do Over, which was on the CW network, and uh, it was about uh, a fellow that gets conked on the head and he wakes up and it's 1981 and he's back in middle school, huh. and uh, and Mike played the uh, the dad in the thing and he, his dad would have these great ideas handed to him like Facebook or or yeah. um, uh, iPhones and things like that and he'd miss you know getting in early <laughs> on it so uh, that was that was his role on the show but uh, he's he's kind of disappeared off the internet and I've, if Mike huh. if you're out there listening I'd love to talk to you about about your part in this movie he was a he. He was a really nice seeming guy. He was a, quite a cheerful guy, yeah. As I recall, a great, great comedic. I mean, just the way he delivers mm-hmm. these lines, where he's just kind of gesturing with the gun and just uh, a beautiful delivery. And then uh, that that wonderful uh, realization that wait a minute, you're dating Lady Luck. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you remember that 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 initial image? I'm assuming that's taken the first day that you were. You were, that must have been like immediately after you were assigned. They probably took that shot. Um, which which shot? Oh, of that, me and Lady you Luck. And, you and Lady yeah. Luck, yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm looking at it right now. Yes. Oh, that picture. <laughs> oh, you guys are so sweet together there. Yeah, it's just, I know. But well, you both look like you both just got signed on to a major motion picture. <laughs> I think I think it probably was right around that time we were yes. still had the afterglow of that. Uh, the ink was barely dry on the contract. So. That's right. <laughs> I'm not well, sure if we'd been shopping yet or not. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someday oh. groceries, let's see. Well, uh, yes. so, uh, gosh, the cutting in this is so fast, too. I mean, it's like half-second cuts. They go from yeah. Mike to Jeff to uh, to Cliff to, to Goose. And, and then that beautiful shot where they cut from uh, Jeff's face to the end of your wet fist. Just bang, <laughs> <laughs> right in. That's right. Uh, oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That was yeah. that was pretty good. And then there's uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. He was e- eating the hamburger and pointing the gun at me and sort of just missed me as I went by. Yeah, um, that's um, Mike. I think it's um, let me see. That is uh, Daniel O'Shea. Daniel O'Shea. That's right. Daniel had I don't know if I can share this, but he shared it with everyone. Daniel had a, a dead testicle. Um, <laughs> Really? Oh my! Yeah, like a, one that just wasn't functioning, and and uh, and actually pulled it out at a party we had uh, at the in Santa Maria at the hotel, <laughs> and gave it a couple of mighty thwacks, uh, which of course made all of us uh, cringe. But uh, yeah, it was really interesting, and he was he was uh, it was a. Interesting. So this of, wasn't in a jar. Okay. Just, no, no, no. It was still was attached. On, it was. This was on his person, and, and he wow. was quite. Uh, it was quite a uh, sort of a conversation oh. piece, and I got the sense that uh, that maybe uh, after a, 
you know, a few drinks that uh, that it was a fairly it was, uh, it common party time for show conversation and tell, yeah. starter. <laughs> you know, when we uh, when we started this venture, I would have bet just about any sum to say that the phrase "dead testicle" was never going to come up on, on any episode. But uh, but Billy, you have led us here. Yeah, I'm going to have to go look at the Wait, iTunes like, terms terms of service. On the yes, yeah, no, it's exactly. Uh, it tells well. Uh, no, um, come on. I mean, yeah, there's a podcast yeah. called My Dad Wrote a Porno, which I listen yeah. to. And uh, <laughs> uh, this is, this is you know, a dead testicle has nothing on that. Oh, uh, dear. Wow. Well, um, maybe my son has thoughts on this. <laughs> James? <laughs> yes, let's, let's make it a family moment. <laughs> yeah, I would say in high school, the, the trick was um, you ask someone what time it was, and then uh, you, you whip it out and have them look at your wristwatch. That was always the, the high school favorite. So. <laughs> I can't say that, that that's a stranger to me, but no one had a dead one. I think they were all ticking at that point. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, well, there we have it. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you were you were talking about the the action this um, scene, and I it was reminding me of um, when you were sprinting across right at the end here. You sprint across through the ladder, and I was thinking about the blocking to get to get the sense that you're moving quickly and with mm. urgency without making it a weird shot uh, mm. is an impressive bit of... Um, yeah. you've, only got, you've only got like one footstep in between you and the ladder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's... Could... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, Sorry, so you, got, you got the movement right. I was wondering if you would share what that took. Well, it, it really doesn't take much. It's, a, it's just, it's sort of movie magic and screen direction magic. Um, you know, I exit to uh, frame rather quickly, uh, camera left, and then, and then I enter frame from camera right in the next thing, passing in front of uh, Dan as he's eating his burger, and then enter again frame. No, 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 I don't. Sorry. And then it's right down the barrel, right? Yeah. Fist into the lens. And it and because um, because um, oh what's his name sorry I'm blanking Mike Mike Mullen because Je- Mike Jeff? yeah because uh, uh, Mike is looking well actually he's looking a little bit camera right but it's enough uh, down the barrel to sort of uh, make my fist coming down the barrel feel as if they're going to the same place yeah and and then it's the uh, and then it's the quick cut with the fist wiping across the face. Um, but of course, a good six inches away from it. Yeah. Wow, really that far? Oh yeah, yeah. So. yeah. You 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 never you never pass your your fist should never pass anything less than six inches, or else you're in danger of uh, actually putting somebody's lights out. <laughs> right. uh, I had a guy once. Uh, it was silly, but a, a show I was doing in in uh, Miami. Uh, um, and we had this new actor for the new episode, and he came to set uh, the day before he was supposed to shoot to do a fight rehearsal. I met him at lunch, and I knew within a minute of meeting him that he was a loose cannon. I just knew it. I could just tell. Oh, I, anybody who says, oh, I've done a million fight scenes, I, uh, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So during the second half of lunch, we went to do the fight rehearsal. The, the, uh, the first assistant director was... Uh, really really careful to stress all right this is a slow motion fight rehearsal okay we're doing this maybe it wasn't slow motion but we're doing it you know half speed fight rehearsal and the guy's supposed to come up and tap me on the shoulder and as i turn to him from the window i'm looking out of he just punches me and uh is supposed to and uh <laughs> and so 
I told the, I even told the guy, you know, this half speed, half speed. Okay. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And the assistant director says action. He comes up, taps me on the shoulder. I turn around and he whacks me across the face with his, he just miscalculated. He hit me right across the face. He he was wearing a ring. He, he, he grazed my, uh, I had an abrasion on my eyeball um, and had to go to, after work, I had to go to the hospital for the rest of the night. They had to shoot me from one side only and in light that uh, wouldn't show my puffy eye. Uh, so you, you never, ever swing a fist and, and have it come anywhere near anyone's face. It's always uh, kind of a trick and, uh, at least six inches away. On, uh, on a, uh, the other, the other podcast that I've done, the airport minute, we talked with someone who was uh, friends with George Kennedy mm. and, uh, George Kennedy was in a movie with Tony Franciosa and f- apparently Tony Franciosa was known as being, uh, a tough guy on on set, and he, <laughs> he was supposed to have a fight scene with uh, with George Kennedy, and yeah. George Kennedy went, okay, well we'll practice all this, and they practice all the stuff. And when it comes uh, f- time to film, Tony Franciosa hits George, who's a huge guy. I mean, he was, he was like six four and everything, you know, big big husky guy. Mm. And Tony Franciosa hits George Kennedy in the face, like square on. And so they go, okay, we're going to have to shoot the reverse of this, so take two. So they, they come back, and George Kennedy turns to Tony Franciosa and said, he goes, don't forget, the next scene in this is me hitting you back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so uh, Tony pulled the next one as he's supposed to, <laughs> and he just got a light touchback from George. But that was oh, a good. Uh, good one wow. for Joe Petroni there. Yeah, I so, wouldn't. <clears throat> Oh, I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have dared to. I would have been very careful to to be in a fight scene with George Kennedy. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cool hand, Luke. Come on. Yeah, the, the Blue Knight, <laughs> Joe Petroni, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Billy uh, James was asking about this, uh, the blocking and stuff here, and I think he'd also mentioned uh, oh, second to forty-six, forty-seven or so, as you're right toward the end of the scene where you're sprinting toward the ladder. Mm. And and just the the blocking and the timing there is actually really interesting, and it it almost looks to me like uh, like you do a little sort of a skip thing to make sure you you hit the ladder with whatever foot you normally want to lead with. So I want so I, I'm just gonna play that little bit because I <laughs> here it goes and there's just a little hop oh, right I, in the I middle. Do. Yeah, you're just kind of, kind of a little hop. <laughs> just kind of a little hop right in the middle there. Like I don't like, know what I was doing. I was I was. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I was doing. I mean, you could have been just skipping along saying, I'm in a movie, but I don't think, <laughs> I think we've that's, seen you've been far more professional than that. So Now that I'm looking at it, it, it sure seems that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> right. uh, um, it honestly looks to me like you're, you're getting your feet lined up because you, you know, you, you want to hit the ladder with whichever mm-hmm. foot you're most comfortable starting climbing with. I, um, I, that might, that might be the case. Uh, uh, but I, d- I have no clear recollection of that. But I did have to go all the way up the ladder, so maybe eff- that's maybe that is what and I was doing. The effect you- that it has, though, is it takes a short trip from you know three booths long. It makes it exciting. There's some energy from you yeah. going from a phone to a ladder in a yeah. short period of time. But there's still exactly. That's the beauty of that's the beauty of doing things in. Uh, in or mixing up anyway the length of uh, shots. And, and uh, I, I mean, I've always really loved 
this sort of the European style of filmmaking, which of course can you can stay in a shot for minutes and minutes, um, because it 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 really really helps you to believe that you're there. Uh, of course, you can't do that in in an action movie, but if you mix up the shots and you have some shots that, as you say, James, take you from one side of the set to the other, I think it really contributes to the sort of the feeling of of being there or being inside the scene. I, I do love the comic book section. James had pointed this out uh, previously, the comic book part of this whole thing where uh, Margot Martindale hits uh, <laughs> hits the fellow over the head with a very Cats and Jammer Kids kind of a Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's Fred and Wilma Flintstone. It's the Honeymooners. Yeah. It's, and, you know, it, what's funny, I had just noticed this. If you scrub second 44 to second 45, mm. you actually see after she's coming, after the frying pan is hit and she's coming back, the the frying pan is is bent over back over her hands uh, <laughs> like like it's just it's made out of you know lightweight rubber or something yeah which, you're right of course we would hope that it would be but yeah. uh, all it takes is uh, is for it to happen fast and then the sound editors come in and give you a nice good clang and that's right and and, and you're you totally convinced yeah. exactly it's amazing yeah. Yeah. or it was just the magnificent and muscular Margot Martindale bending <laughs> a actual cast iron frying pan. You know that uh, wow. that makes a lot it's, more it's sense to me. Possible. And uh, yeah. and Margot, we've tweeted at you, so you must be out there listening, right? Please, please come. <laughs> please yeah. come on the show, and and oh, we need Millie now. We're, yeah. now we're, we love you, and we're now afraid of you because of your superhuman strength. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're back up in the uh, either the set or the roof of the <laughs> of the bulldog right. at the end there. Um, just love the, just the little details like the eyeballs. You know, having the the little uh, eaves for where the uh, the the bulldog's eyes are so sticking well done. and it looks like the lunar module almost. It really does. And you know, in a in a earlier minute, we were talking uh, about the models hanging from the ceiling in the in the bulldog. And from mm. one shot, we looked back, and I could see one in the front uh, that was identified as a Sopwith pup. And I said, I think maybe that one in the background is a Curtis Robin. And so, looking at this one more closely, we see that model again at about second uh, yeah, second fifty or so. Second see, fifty, right there by yeah. the light. Yeah. yeah, hanging under the light, and yeah. and uh, so I've I've since dug deeper. That is, I will definitely claim that that is a uh, it's a, an airplane called the Curtis Robin, and there were uh, there was a company called Comet, which was famous for making both free flight and control line and, and even and early uh, radio controlled models. Uh, and they would give you stick and tissue and plans uh, to build something like this. They made a Curtis Robin right about that scale, and they released it in 1937. So tiny little blink and you'll miss it thing but as far as i'm concerned totally uh totally appropriate and period correct yeah well and, and they use that same like that that toothpicks and airplane dope kind of a, a construction exactly yeah so this is yeah. i would guess this would be by its size it would be sort of a, a, a free flight model where it's it could have even still had a gas motor as some of the early ones did but probably sort of a rubber band powered thing and you know, you wind it up and you throw it and you hope it's trimmed right and you watch it fly <laughs> and the wind isn't yeah, blowing too hard yeah and you hope you get it back so well, a, a stunning minute for sure. This is there's so much action going on. This is leading up to the the next the next part of it where uh, Cliff has to you know find find it in himself to uh, to go jump out on the balcony and explain to Peavy why he's you know he's doing what he's never going to do again. Yeah. 
a great way to end the first hour and the fir- you know and end this week of uh, of exciting Rocketeer stuff. But lots more special effects and things to come. But for uh, th- thanks so much for being on with us again, yet again, and we'll, we will have you on very soon. I, I know there's some more, there's some more coming up shortly. For people who would like to talk more about this particular episode, we, you can always come back to us here on many social media. Of course, we've got Twitter, uh, Rocketeer Minute. We've got Facebook, facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute, the big site, rocketeerminute.com, where you can catch up on previous episodes, get some cool swag, or leave more messages for us. Please, if you haven't subscribed, you know, you're, you're more than halfway gone with this show. You might as well get the rest of it delivered right to you so you don't have to keep coming back here and downloading it by hand. Go to either iTunes, Google Play, or uh, whatever your favorite uh, podcast center is. Hit uh, search, type in Rocketeer Minute, hit subscribe, and we're good to go. So uh, join us here next week as we follow what's the Rocketeer going to do next. <laughs> oh, I think you know what the Rocketeer is going to do next. That's right. <laughs> but uh, uh, James, thanks for being Absolutely. on. A brief what was it? James, thanks. Uh, uh, nice to meet you. You as yeah, well. Was... Thanks for, uh, I, this is a fun minute to be on, so I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. That was, it was fun to have oh. you. And uh, James, if you would, every time you see your dad from here on out, could you just go, swell outfit, dad? That's a, <laughs> that's a line for this minute. All right. Well, you've invited something. He'll... So um, uh, my friends here, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and my, my dad does not. So he doesn't get up here very often. But he's become a bit of a folk legend um, with people that I, I am friends with and, and co-work with, uh, specifically for wearing a handmade uh, button-up short sleeve shirt that um, uh, has comic books in print all over the shirt. And uh, he's, he's infamous for, for I, wearing what? that. I don't <laughs> understand why I don't have one of these. What? <laughs> the shirt where, I was just going to ask, where can I find one? <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I think he's I, taking well, orders I'll, now. You know, <laughs> send, yeah, yeah, Billy, if you send me your, your uh, vitals, I will I will get a shirt together for you. I, it's it's a hobby that just turned into something wrong because people, you, you know how you, when you reward uh, behavior, it gets repeated. Yeah. That's what yeah. happens. People would clap and you know say, what an amazing thing you've done. <laughs> Never hitting the, that they meant it in jest. But uh, yeah, I have a, I have a, a shirt that is covered with Marvel Comics, oh. uh, vintage, vintage Marvel oh. Comics in the, in the print, and uh, I would wear it with pride. I would wear yes. it with pride, depending <laughs> depending on the covers, depending on the on the actual. Oh, they're all they're all Silver Age. Oh, they're all Silver Kirby Age, and, uh, and yeah, Kirby, and yeah, all, all that, all, all the all of oh, those. Fantastic. So, it's been um, six years, oh. and that's still how they know him. As uh, your dad, he has that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's that's the one. Yeah. So James, you're the son of the guy with the shirt. (laughs) That's your claim to fame. That's forever. Yep. How does that feel? It feels pretty good. It's as long as you know it's an occasional thing. It feels great. Some some, <laughs> yeah, people, yeah. some people are son of a gun, and you're yeah. son of the guy with the shirt. Yeah. 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 Uh, Billy, I know you have a young son, so someday he'll grow up and he'll be able to point at something that you'll go, "Oh dear." Yes. It always comes. Actually, my back daddy around. was on. Yeah. My my dad was on Star Trek once. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We will, we will continue this uh, family discussion uh, sometime in the near future. But uh, thank you all for being on. And uh, for the rest of you, please join us here next Monday on the Rocketeer Minute. So until then, over and out. Over and out, boys. Thank you all. See you. Get him, kid.